This is a podcast. What? What? Where we celebrate Christmas. Christmas is here. Candles. Christmas. Candles and Christmas time. And welcome again to that very special time of year. Mm, special. The time of year where friends, family, uh, and enemies gather together and celebrate candle bells. And Christmas, it's Christmas time. And we're here. Woo! Merry Chrysler. Your favorite podcast. Merry Chrysler. And I can talk while Paul's talking and not get in trouble. Yeah. Happy, mm, happy yeah. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Christmas time. It's Christmas time. Christmas. And y'all know what that means. It means it's time for candle bells in the land of Monumi. And as such, we're here with our, can you believe it, our sixth candle bell special. Six. Nice. No way. Sixth. Sixth. This is the sixth special. The sixth. 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 (laughs) I'm having trouble saying the word six. The sixth candle bells special. Uh, that we have ever done. Uh, I'm looking here at the list. Number our first one, Carol for Candlebells. Back when Levi was was a wee child, and today's Levi's birthday. Happy birthday, Levi! Happy Sorry birthday. you're not in this episode. Levi. Happy birthday, Levi! Uh, then we did a PB and J special. Uh, then we did the Spirit of Candlebells, where we learned about the truth about Tarkin and, and Klaus and all that stuff. Then we did Chargensis stole candlebells, um, mm, which that is was special. I think that's the second funniest episode we've ever had in terms of a whole episode, not just one scene, but like a whole episode. I played a bush. Just hilarious. And then last year we had Here Comes Prakus, and that was where those kids screamed into the microphone so loud I had to go to the hospital after we got done recording. (laughs) Uh, So that was a fun one. Uh, I got pranked, Uh, but it was fun. It's been a good good run of Cannabell specials, and tonight we're going to ruin it all. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Uh, so instead of, well, we won't go around the table tonight and say who's playing. You can hear, we've got Jeffrey, we've got Jeremy, we've got Felicia, and we have Zach. Uh, but let's get into some very special candle bells, shall we? Ning nong along, ning nong along. Should I roll the giant blue D20? Oh, hey, you know what? Go ahead and roll that giant blue D20. Hey. It's a 17, Paul. It's a 17. Hey. Seventeen. I took a picture and sent it to you. Hmm. What does that mean? We begin on a cold and windy cliff. A spire uh, where the pathways uh, spiral around the tall spire toward the topmost point upon which stands an enormous castle, a tower with glowing candles all around it, reaching high into the clouds above. The snow is falling in thick, heavy drifts. It's not a whiteout, you can still see, but there is just a heavy stream of snowfall all around you all. 
as you are standing right outside of the gates of the Candle King's castle, his own tower. In fact, the Candle King is standing right next to the three of you, and he's not alone. There he stands, tall, six and a half-ish feet tall, uh, girded in his thick, golden, silver-lined coat. His beard is white and full, his silver-lined golden hat atop his head. He is smiling from ear to ear uh, as he looks out towards you all. (laughs) It's a beautiful night, isn't it? Beside him uh, stands his wife. She has her hands clasped before her, looking around patiently. She releases the clasped hands to reach over to her side and pet the neck of the enormous Yule cat, Natalie himself, who is standing nearby. I was hoping she would pet Sandwini. (laughs) Oh, Sandwini, um, the Queen of Bells and I, we are very close. Uh, The Queen of Bells looks over at her friend, Natalie. Oh, Yes, we are close, but Sandwini, I I always have a pet for a friend. And she reaches down and pets Sandwini right on his head. Tell us what Sandwini looks like. Right after you just took a bite of whatever you're eating, Jeffrey. A cookie. Yeah, whatever you're eating. <laughs> a cookie. A fresh cookie. He's eating a cookie. It's a cookie. Mmm. 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 Just gotta think about it. What does what does Sandwini look like? He actually is a about a foot tall. <laughs> he is a gargoyle in the form of a weenie dog. Yep, she's got to lean down to pet him. With a weird goblin-y face with a really long tongue and uh, bat wings. Okay. So does that tongue just hang out the whole time he's talking? It doesn't move. It just hangs out there. Understood. He's solid stone. <laughs> he's just a rock. So the sound just radiates out of him? Yeah. He <laughs> does Okay. I don't think I realized that. She pets Sanguini on the head, and there is no visible reaction. He, al- he almost looks a claymation, you know. Oh, like yeah, that's right. That's right. Movies. I forgot about that. That really hurt my chest. Oh, my gosh. She pets you on the head, Sanguini. Like, his legs don't move or anything. He just kind of bounces Rocks back, back and, forth. and forth. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This Vina dog is perhaps the fittest thing in all of Monomy. He is very odd. Uh, uh, how does Sanguini react to being pet? Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Sanguini. Be sure to let Sanjet know that we uh, we appreciate him sending you along. But of course, we'd like to see him as well sometime soon. Yeah, he's just kind of busy. Oh, yes, all of my brothers are quite busy this time of year. Well, all times of year, if we're being honest. Uh, but none such as I, isn't that right, Toxus? You are very busy this time of year. That is true. That is true. Yes, yes. And Flinkle. And he pats you on the back. Um, four of your vertebrae explode. Uh, and... You must be careful with the bird. Oh, I'm sorry. You must be very, very careful. Oh, I don't think she's quite as fragile as she lets on. But, Flinkle, I'm glad that you're here. We're going to need some stability amongst this party. Y- yes. Yes, I am. I am. <coughs> Blood kind of comes out of her mouth. Oh no! Oh, oh snap! I'm <laughs> doing well along. these days. Quick. I'm doing okay. You need to get that checked out, Twinkle. I don't have the time. Oh, Sandrini. <laughs> so, what does Twinkle look like? Twinkle is a old-looking 
Aracocra. She's got that orangish brown feathers mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. white on top and just old looking and yeah. And she's a servant of which duke? Nebo, Duke of the Skies. Duke of the Skies. And Toxis. Give us a description of how Toxis looks. Toxis looks like Zagot. He does. Zagot. Zagot. He's a satyr. He's a satyr. Ah, Zagot. He uh, has black eyes. He's white-haired. Somewhat humanoid satyr. Horns curling back on his head. Mm -hmm. His clothes are kind of haphazardly put together. It's like he still has pieces from whatever he looked like a human that he's continuously stitched back together to fit his goat form. And uh, one might would say he looks like a future pepperoni. One pepperon. <laughs> pepperon. So the three of you standing there beside the Candle King, the Queen of Bells, and the Yule Cat. Here, right outside the Candle King's castle, he turns towards you all again and he says, Well, if our new friend will simply join us, it is time for his Candilian inauguration. There is a trial of sorts that he must complete. Um, you will set forth with him for the trial of the Candle King. Do we have to kill him? Oh, Flinkle, of course not. We will happily take him. Flinkle, like, twirls our staff really quick and kind of sits it back down. <laughs> I understand that uh, your master, the Duke of the Beasts, Toxis, can sometimes be hasty with murdering and things, uh, but there will be no need for that tonight. What I would like for you three to do is to help him along his journey. You see, I will be departing for the natural plane, uh, and as you all know, as I told you, Philip of Hicks will be taking over as the new King of Candles, the Candle King. He will be taking my place Taking the watch care of a candle else. Can I trust the three of you to help him in this endeavor? What would you say? I am the most trustworthy of all of the peoples here. He's <laughs> 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 right. Oh, yes. Sandwich Sa- Sa- is trustworthy. I mean, I, I, I'm trustworthy too, but uh, he's he's got more life than me. We trust that you have made the right decision. About that time, the large doors behind you open with the sound of jingling bells. And stepping out comes an imposing figure. A dwarf. Uh, Sort of. Looks like a dwarf. He is dressed in simple white robes, warm white robes with fur around the collar, and a sort of dull gray uh, belt around his waist holding them together. Uh, Empty-handed. He steps out towards you all, and Klaus, the Candle King, turns. Ah, yes, finally. Philip of Hicks. Is everything in order? Hopefully this does not mean he'll be late for the Crimble Bells. (laughs) Ha ha, I cannot say Candle Bells. (laughs) It's all right, Toxus. You'll get there eventually. Everything is in order. The time is growing short, Philip of Hicks, but if you are ready, the hour has come to initiate your Candilian inauguration. Through this trial, Philip of Hicks, you must discover what is needed to truly become the Candle King. As the avatar of joy for all the faith-filled children of creation, you must fully step into the role that awaits you. 
or else abdicate. <laughs> no, 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 not. Well, anything could happen. No, Flinkle, Philip of Hicks has already died. He's a, he is a spirit from the astral plane. If he fails, we will sacrifice him, and then I will take his place. Yeah, it was it was pretty gruesome too. Oh. Um, so I don't imagine this will be any worse. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, you won't die, Philip. It's all right. It's all right. But if you if you can succeed in your trial of the Candle King, then you will have a, a sort of new body of your own, gifted by the whimsical plane itself. We need you to make all the children's dreams to come true. Yes, yes. But hey, no pressure, he says, clapping you hard on the back. He slaps him on the back, and I literally, my arm falls out of socket. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just the force. Natalie, full, full Yule Cat form, full white and gold striped tiger, walks over towards you. Pe- Peanut, uh, I mean, Philip, I just want to say how proud of you I am. Who knew when we met those few years ago uh, that one day you'd become my assistant in Candlebells? I believe you mean you'll be my assistant in Candlebells. <laughs> yes, I see that you're going to be good at telling the jokes. And he, he turns and, and walks back over toward Klaus. Well, I believe it is time for us to be going. And with that, it is time for you all to be going. And the tower behind you chimes with a deep beautiful bell as it rings out over the snow-covered hill around you and down the spire of the tower leading up to the candle king's castle a strange sound echoes back toward you from the depths and plowing through the deep snow bursting up through the ground and then circling around the great tower in a blur of speed, an enormous locomotive coming to a slow stop in front of you. (laughs) And there is a very odd-looking train. The cars of the train look similar to what you'd expect, except they're made of shimmering gold and silver. Each car is pulled uh, behind in a perfect line, circle, full circle around the Candle King's castle. But at the front of the train, the engine is different. It is shaped exactly like you would expect from a traditional steam engine. But the head of the train appears to be made of a pale wax with gold and silver etchings. Its uh, smokestack billows black smoke from the tip of a bright candle flame. And at its front, in place of windows, are two enormous eyes white with golden irises. There is no way I'm getting on that thing. I know this train. (laughs) It's Tinkling Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) As it stops completely before you, its eyes turn towards you all. The front end spreads open like a large grin of silvery teeth as it blows a loud bullhorn towards you. Toxus covers his ears. I would like you all to meet Waxy, the Candlebell's chugga chugga. He's been a friend of mine for many years, and all of the whimsical plain is his home. Oh. And now the time has come for us to depart. I thought this was Tinkling Thomas. Oh no, that's something else completely. Do I get to drive? Anyhow, 
No, no, no. He's a sentient train. Oh. Now it's time for you to go. It's time for us to go. And for you, Philip of Hicks, to begin your trial in earnest. We are here to serve. A voice rings out from the train. All aboard! Do we get hot chocolate? Hot chocolate. And the front car behind the coal stacks uh, slides open. Yeah, we got it. And uh, steps roll out for you all to board. Waxy, the candle bells chugga chugga. Kind of weird. I am boarding Waxy. So Flinkle's just slowly with her cane, her staff, I mean, walking up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Toxus is close beside her. Thank you, young man. Yeah, Toxus is helping. Thank you so much. Right this way, bird lady. Toxus is helping Grandma. Oh, you're such a nice boy. Sanguini is going the same speed as them, but he hobbles <laughs> side <laughs> to side along. Like a cup walking across the tabletop? Yes. Uh, as you follow up behind them, Philip, <laughs> uh, Klaus <laughs> steps over to you and places a hand on your shoulder. Good luck. <laughs> now, Philip of Hicks. Your task is simple. You must begin here and make your way to the far end of Waxy's train, to the caboose. Along the way, there may be found many different tests and trials that you will face, and your newfound companions will assist you. And as you do, you will find your way to the powers that Candlebells affords its king. Once you have reached the caboose, then and only then will Waxy deliver you to the last stage of your Candilian inauguration, where you must deliver the first gift of candlebells. Wow. This is not going to go very well. Nope. I am honored to have the opportunity, and I promise I will not disappoint. I know you won't, and he... Uh, gingerly pats you on the shoulder and then turns uh, toward his wife and his companion, Natali. I am off to the natural plane. Natali will meet you when you have finished your trial. May the whimsical plane deliver an easy path for you all. And cloud snowy elk appear out of the ground and they take off into the sky. Very cool. So is this one Believe by Josh Groban starts playing, or is that towards the end? If you just believe. Believe. You all step onto the first passenger car of Waxy, the Candle Bells Chugga Chugga, and the door slides closed behind you. The horn blows again, and Waxy begins to set off in a circular path around the mountainside, and then he begins to wind down the swirling path of the spire down to the depths below. Twirly, twirly gumdrops. (laughs) As he does so, you notice uh, the door behind you disappears completely. You are sealed in the four walls of this passenger car. Around the car, there is almost nothing aside from four bench seats, two on either side, each one wide enough to fit at least two people comfortably, maybe three. In a pinch, they are bright red. The floors are a sort of um, simple gold. The walls and ceiling are a dull silver. Mm. There are chandeliers hanging from the ceiling, lit with candles overhead. What do you do? I mean, I remember this part. Um, I take a seat and wait for my hot chocolate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's your ticket? Okay. So can I do a perception check 
to see if there's you, you can anything mm-hmm. or should it be investigation or something? Uh, that depends. You're just trying to look around. My perception's better. If you're just looking around, just give me a perception check. So it's a 26? Oh, that's really good. Unfortunately, you don't notice anything different at all. Nothing. All you notice are these ah! four seats. You notice there are no exits. There are windows, but they do not open. Uh, there are chandeliers with candles in them hanging from the ceiling, lighting the place. Uh, and that is it. Ah! There's probably magical magical things hidden here. Well, of course, we are all very magical. There are magical things everywhere. Philip takes a seat. I do. I take a seat. Well, yeah, but in this situation, there's nothing that I can just get with my eagle eye. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. You don't know what I'm saying? Um, I just looked everywhere. Sandrini is not used to talking to people. (laughs) (laughs) My friends, um... Why don't we all have a seat and try to run over what we think we should do in this room? We ain't got time. I if would... I sit, if I sit down, I'm going to sleep. Listen, listen. Sit, sit down. Listen to my music. Very well. All right, all right. You got me. As soon as Flinkle sits down. I break out my break out my pan flute. Sanjuini gets in the seat, and instead of being on all, you know all fours, he's like <laughs> fours. he's like <laughs> on his butt, like tilted straight up, <laughs> head straight up, like arms out like this. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. your face is toward the ceiling. I would like to do an enthralling performance. Nice. Okay, well hold on a second, Toxus. Do you take a seat? Toxus is still standing. He's standing in front of all of them. He wants to do an enthralling performance. Toxus with his with his yeah. pan flute. Okay, what does that mean exactly? He plays his pan flute, and they all have to make DC 16 uh, wisdom saving throws, and if they fail, they're charmed for an hour. You're trying to charm them. Why, yeah. It's a spell. Okay, all right. What? Go ahead. I actually have advantage on wisdom saving throw against spells. Okay. Go ahead. Give me wisdom saving throws. 27. Sanduini got a 17. I got a 27. Oh, excuse oh, me. Oh, I got a 12. It's an 8 plus 8. That's what I got. Phil, you also have advantage. It's no better. It's the same exact roll. A 12. Philip got a 12. Okay, what's the save? Uh, 16. Oh, it, it's a 16. Okay, yeah. So everybody, everybody succeeds except for Phil. <laughs> Phil, you love Toxus. Phil. <laughs> I, was, I was fine with Toxus anyway. The target. No, you idolize uh, me. You speak glowingly oh, no. of me anytime okay. anyone speaks to you. We just broke his and game. And anyone who opposes me, you have. If anyone opposes me, you have to hinder them. This yep. is ridiculous. Okay, all right. All right. How, how long does it last? An hour? For an hour. Uh, Unless something happens and you can do another Unless you take damage, yeah. All right, so you play your pay and flute song, and, and Phil is enthralled. Listen to my music. It is very bad. The only way you fight it is if you're very sad. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Toxus, that was the most beautiful song. Will you please have a seat right next to me? Yes, yes, if I knew you would like mm. it. Are we there yet? Mm. I sit with Phil. The moment your hairy little bottom touches the seat, uh, there is a horn blow, um, and you all hear a voice from behind you. Welcome to the Cannibal Circuit Circuit Train Experience. I will be your conductor this evening. 
You may call me Conductor Waxilius Maximilius. Waxilius Maximilius. <laughs> Waxilius. Can you say that again for us one more time? Yes. Gotta write it down. Waxilius Maximilius. Y'all turn and look. There is a figure standing behind you. It looks rough, pretty much like a human, wearing a, like a conductor's uniform, like the suit with the little vest. He's got a little pocket watch sticking out of his, his, his front pocket, glasses, a bushy, heavy mustache, except for the fact that it's all one color. It's the color of pale wax, because mm. he's made of wax. Sanguini quickly turns, still tilted straight upwards. <laughs> Yes, good friends, my name is uh, Conductor Waxilius Maximilius. Uh, as we travel across the Planius Whimsicalius, please keep any horseplay to an absolute minimum. Of course, some level of bloodshed is to be expected, but do be courteous and clean up after yourselves. He didn't say anything bad about the gut play. <laughs> like the goat. Now, if we're going to get on with this adventure, of course I will need to see your tickets. Oh, our tickets. He stands there before you all holding out a hand. Oh, I forgot. I would look in my bag. Do I have a ticket? I'm looking for one. I'm reaching. Do you have a ticket? Reaching in my pocket. In your pocket. You reach yep. in there. Okay. There it is. Oh, oh here it is. He takes it. Phil, I'm pretty sure you have my ticket. Do I have Toxus ticket? No. Ah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I just have mine. I'm very disappointed. Oh, well, in that case, I guess Toxus, if you'd like to come with me. Uh, a hole opens in the side of the train, and he grabs you by the scruff of the neck. Fit, fit, I, fit. I grab his hand. I'm like, no, 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 no. You cannot take Toxus. I start rummaging around in my pockets. There's a ticket. Fit, fit. Fit is, fit is, fit vax van. Oh, well, thank you. The door, the, the opening closes again. What's Sanduini wearing clothes? San, Sanduini. Sanduini coughs and it <laughs> just comes out of his mouth. <laughs> Sanduini like flips upside down and like mm-hmm. s- hits the ground a few times. And then he flips right back up on his back end with his legs sticking straight out. And it kind of floats right in front of one of his paws. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Here, let me see these. He takes them. He, he like fans them out and then he like holds them up to his eyes and looks at them real quick. Oh, yes, yes, yes. These seem to be in order. And he holds them up to his head, and the top of his head, like, caps open, and a fire shoots up out the top of it. Uh, and he burns the corner off of all your tickets. Here, 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 take these. Take these. Very important. Don't lose them. And he gives them back to you. Oh, I put it in my pocket. I tuck mine in an inner pocket with a button on it, and then I button it so it doesn't go anywhere. Good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sanguini? Yeah. Do you want me to keep yours or put it on your belly? He hands me the ticket, and it kind of floats in front of my paw again for a second, and then it disappears. Mm-hmm. Magic. Magic. We need dog. All right, so it's time for your test and trial of the inauguration to begin. And as it begins, here's what you can expect. Every time you finish a car, the horn will blow. You all hear the blowing of a horn. Ah, there it is. There it is. And with the blowing of the horn... We did it! ...the pathway will reveal itself. And a door opens on the opposite end of the car. That's all for me now. Conductor Waxilius Maximilius. Waxilius Maximilian. Wax Max. Good luck. He tips his hat. He pulls off his head, his wax hat, puts it back on. And... Maxilius Willie Maxinius. Uh, don't die if you can help it. And then he melts into the floor. Oh. Oh, (laughs) Nice. All right, let's go. Flinkle starts. On to the next just one. Walking slow with their staff. Bye, Waxilius. Uh, on the handle to the door, there is a uh, there's a little hanger 
Uh, and on the little hanger, there is a gift, a Candlebell's gift. Hmm, a gift. Would you like to open it? Wrapped in silver trappings, has a little note. I guess we need to let Phil open it, right? What does the note say? Mr. Kanda King, I think you need to take this with you. I can't read. It says Philip of Hicks, don't open till Candlebell's Eve. Oh, okay. Um, I don't have anywhere to store. But it is Candlebell's Eve. Oh, it is? Yeah, <laughs> it's Candlebell's Eve right now. Cool. I open the gift. Okay. You pull the top off. It's a little square box, you know, silver uh, with like little golden ribbings. And inside there is a, it's a small box, maybe 10 inches around square. Uh, there's some kind of gold material inside of it. I take the material out and inspect it farther. You pull it out, and it take it's it's much bigger than you would think the box could hold, uh, and it comes out a gigantic golden bag. Mm. It's the Candle King's gift bag. You immediately recognize it. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. That is a cool bag. What is inside? Well, inside are gifts. It's true. For the goat? For all of... The good goats in the world. There are not many good goats in the world. <laughs> oh, but you are a good goat, so I'm sure there is one inside for you. You reach in and pull him something out? I try, yeah. Okay. What do you pull out? I pull out one of the most beautiful pan flutes you've ever seen. It's true. Is it now I... Does it up my, my charm spell by plus one or plus two? <laughs> uh, plus one. <laughs> nice. This is exactly what Doctor has been looking for. Oh, oh, you make the great Candle King. Uh, the room behind you starts coming apart and turning into wax. Hmm? Oh. Um, hurry through the door. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Run. Move my little body. Unlike most trains where there would be like a connector that you have to walk across to get to the next car, uh, this door opens directly into the next car. Creepy. Sanjuini runs. He hobbles as fast as he can. He's literally as fast as the rest of them. It's just hobbling side to side. Wow. <laughs> Phil, you see a little note attached to the mouth of the bag that gives some details uh, about it, basically explaining that it can be used to bring joy to good children or to bring trouble to naughty children. Oh, boy. Very nice. You step into the second car. It is a lovely dining car. There are tables set on either side, six in total. There are little circular tables dressed with beautiful white cloths. There are perfectly set uh, plates and knives and forks uh, setting for two at each table. Uh, There doesn't appear to be anyone else in the car, um, but these tables are set just perfectly. The moment you step through, the door closes behind you and then disappears from the wall entirely. Unlike the previous room, though, there are no windows in this one, although you can still feel waxy, the candlebells chugga-chugga moving along. What do you do? I would like to start pulling out chairs, inviting my friends to be seated for a meal. Okay. Pull out some chairs. Uh, I don't think sitting down's going to work for this one either, but okay. Plinkle sits down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Plinkle's narcoleptic for sure. Very good, little bird. Very good. You're going to wake up and he's going to be eating your leg. He's going to just eat and gnaw your leg. Right <laughs> oh, my. Oh, God. If it falls off. All you have to do is, like, look at it and it'll fall off. It's fine. The fried chicken <laughs> is delicious. Tanjuini sits at the table. Okay. How's he sitting? Same way as in the other car. Just lean back. Yeah. Legs like straight Like a rocket out. about to fire off into outer space. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, you take a seat. Is there food at the table? No, there's nothing. Okay. Food? Well, food. Where is the meal? Philion? We don't see food anywhere around the cart. No, not yet. Is, to- is Toxus sitting? Okay. I'm still standing there waiting for Toxus. Yeah, no, Toxus joins. Toxus okay. joins. Okay. And then I go take my seat. The moment you sit down, stepping out from the walls, uh, as like slurping their way out of the walls, um, come six waiters. Mm. And they do a little twirl, and they sort of do a little dance around the room. And as they do, there is a jaunty little festive tune. There's a festive little tune playing as they are doing their dance number around the tables. Uh, And then they come and stand before the four of you. Uh, Two stand on either end of the car, and four of them stand before you. One arm behind their back, another extended towards you with a menu. This is my kind of service. What's on the menu? (laughs) The menu has four items listed. Hot cider, turducken, hot pockets, and hot chocolate. Oh, man. I'll take the one hot chocolate and... You take the hot chocolate. The moment you say hot chocolate, it disappears from all the menus. (gasps) What? I'll take a turducken. (laughs) (laughs) I need the hot pocket. That means I get the apple cider. Yeah, you're you're left with hot cider. Woo! Um, And the moment that each of you speak your order, your menus disappear, and your waiters melt into the floor. That food about to be waxed. I hope that this turducken has a big bone. Wow. Oh, it's a ball. He's a big dog. He's a dog. He's a dog. <laughs> Can I pet that dog? Paul's like, why? Uh, the the door that disappeared when you step through it reappears. It slides open, and stepping through it uh, comes. Conductor Waxilius Maximilius, uh, but he is pushing a cart. The first thing you all have seen appear, aside from the furniture, that does not seem to be made of wax. Atop it, there are four serving trays. Two of them uh, are large as plates, and two of them are small, not small, but like large teacups with saucers atop them. The first, hot chocolate, is delivered to Flinkle. The second, turducken, a large plate, almost as large as Sanguini himself. A big old plate (laughs) appears before him on the table. Uh, And then the lid is lifted to reveal a steaming hot turducken. And then, of course... so awesome. A smaller plate, but still large enough plate, uh, appears in front of Toxus. The lid is removed to reveal a steaming hot pocket still in the little white uh, <laughs> sleeve with the silver on the oh. inside. I really want a hot pocket. <laughs> this is exactly what I've been dreaming about since last Council Bells. <laughs> and a steaming hot cup of hot apple cider rested before Philip of Hicks. Here you are, enjoy your meal. Be careful, don't choke. And he turns and melts into the floor. I, you see um. Sanjuani flip onto his paws and then like his body moves forward towards it repeatedly <laughs> and you see his small bats just disappear they're like not going anywhere they're just disappearing <laughs> okay okay uh, Flinkle just grabs her hot chocolate and like instead of just uh-huh. slurping it she just uh-huh. <laughs> drinks all of it okay Toxus takes a big bite and then does the hot pizza cheeks <laughs> <laughs> I dream zit with me. It really is. It's amazing. <laughs> Phil is just sipping his cider like a normal person while watching the rest of them <laughs> do whatever they're doing. <laughs> so, Phil, as you're sipping and looking around the room, give me a perception check. He wants to give me a zip of his drink. 
That is my third Oof. four for the night. That's not very good. That's bad. Uh, who got the hot pocket? Toxus, give me a uh, give me a, uh, a perception check. Very good. Here it comes. But is it natural one? Ooh. Mine shows it's a seven. Oh, okay. I was yeah, looking at the screen. Plus three. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, it's a seven. Plus I was like, three. it's a one. I'm screwed. Yay. Um, you don't notice anything at first, but you do start to hear a sound, and it sounds like the ticking of a clock. Uh, Toxus starts eating faster. <laughs> you look up, and you see that on the ceiling, like right in the center of the ceiling at the top there, there is the giant hands of a clock. Mm. I point up. Don't know what that is. Doesn't look very good. At this moment, the six waiters uh, step back out of the walls. They hold forth their hands, and they begin to dance. And they dance around the room. And as the clock slowly ticks, they begin to dance faster. Sanguini. Yes. Uh, what did you have? Oh, Turducken. Turducken. You feel yourself drifting into a magical slumber. Mm. Oh, no. And what happens when Sanguini falls asleep? I feel like a dream coming on. Randy, I happen to me all the time, Sanjuani. I sit down, I fall asleep. What happens when Sanjuani falls asleep? Uh, you see a really big snot bubble, like giant, abnormally cartoonish snot bubble come out of his face. Yep. Sanjuani is asleep. Uh, I'm, I'm right behind him. Flinkle. Start giggling. Start giggling. <laughs> You start laughing uncontrollably. Oh, no. You fall out of the chair onto the floor laughing, spilling your hot chocolate all over the floor. Philip of Hicks. Yes. Uh, you burp. This is not very good. It is not good. It tastes like... It tastes bad, and suddenly your stomach begins to churn. Toxus, you see Phil's skin turning green. He is visibly poisoned. Oh my gosh! The waiters are dancing faster and the clock is ticking. Um. Phil, you throw up on the floor. Um, hang on. Am I also incapacitated? Uh, you seem to be under complete control of the poison. Okay, right now. that's fine. As soon as he throws up, I point at it and I just. just... Toxus, you are the only one amongst your friends who seems to not be affected in some strange way. Yeah, I'm trying to decide how to bring them all out of it. I'm very tempted just to cast Thunder Wave and hit everybody. Okay. This is not okay. Stop your, stop your crying. You will wake up, wake up. He's green, he's green. Ah. That's enough. Enough of this madness. And he's going to cast Thunder Wave and try to hit everybody. Okay, uh, they're all going to automatically fail. Boom! Dang. <laughs> or, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll let you save, but you can roll a save, but it's with disadvantage. Well, roll me a save, all of you, I guess. I, I, I am doing this as a level one spell. Yeah, with disadvantage. He's just trying to sl slap you out of it and not hurt you. What kind of save? Constitution. Yes, con 16. Sanjuani's going to fail. I succeed with a 19. Blinkle fails. That was one roll. I can't get the other one to do it. Yeah, but it's low enough. I mean, unless you roll a natural one. So the failures take nine uh, thunder damage. The success takes four. 
Uh, those of you who fail, Sanguini and Flinkle, you're also blown out of your shares against, like, you're blown like 10 feet back or 15 feet. So you hit the walls. Um, and you take nine damage. Uh, Phil, you are rocked back. You take four damage, and it causes you to vomit violently. Uh, and Sanguini is still asleep. Flinkle is still laughing hysterically. <laughs> what? <laughs> this makes no sense. I, uh, I grab a piece of my hot pocket and run over to Phil. Okay, the music increases and the dancers are dancing in circles all around you. Um, you take the hot pocket to what? I shove a hot pocket into Phil's mouth. Okay, Phil. Yes. Uh, your boy, your friend, your pal. Oh, by the way, make me a make, quick, make me a quick save, real quick. Wisdom saving throw. From that damage you took. That's a thirteen. Okay, so you're still you're still under his control. Uh, and, and now maybe even more so because as he slides a piece of the torn hot pocket down into your mouth, the moment the juicy pepperoni cheesiness <laughs> touches your tongue, the poison passes completely from your system. Hey! Oh, thank you. And you see this beautiful hairy goat just leaning down over you. Give this to the laughing bird! And he hands him a piece of the hot pocket. <laughs> I run over and I just like pull her mouth open and just shove a piece. <laughs> I'm running. I'm. <laughs> uh, that was perfect. Uh, you immediately stop laughing, not because it heals you, but because you choke and die, Flinkle. You're dead. I knew it would happen. Just kidding. No, I'm no. running, running to give one to Sanjuini. <laughs> you finally hit thirty. Clock strikes twelve. Flinkle turns thirty and bursts in a cloud of, of feathers, and she's dead. Right, you feed it. You hand it towards Sanjuini. Um, not sure where the mouth is. <laughs> you just see magic bites. He's just disappear. rubbing, he's <laughs> rubbing hot pocket all yeah. over the sand. You just point it towards his face, <laughs> yeah. and then you, and then you see a piece just disappear. Yeah. And the snot bubble pops, and uh, Sanguini, you're awake. The dancing stops. The ticking clock stops. The waiters step back toward the wall, and the music comes to an end. They sink into the wall. The horn blows. As the horn blows, a door appears on the opposite end of the car, and the ceiling twists upward in the shape of a candle and lights at the top. Why would the train try to do nefarious things to us? I don't know. (laughs) Sandrini had a very good dream. What does Stone Dog dream of? Sandrini dreams of... Hamburgers. <laughs> I thought you were uh, gonna say uh, stone rabbits. I also dream of hamburgers. <laughs> Hamburger. Feed the way, feel. I lead the way. You know the way? She's the queen. Do you know the way? Do you know the way? We follow. You step up to the door, and just like last time, there is a gift. Uh, this time sitting there before the doorway. This time it is silver with golden trappings. Does it say my name on it? It says Philip of Hicks. Aww. I open the, the box. Uh, you open it, and again, there is a piece of material down inside. You pull it out, and it is a hat, much like the one the Candle King wears himself. Ooh, a hat. Very, very nice. I put the hat on. Santuini wants to wear... There's a little note tied to it with a little rope, a little string, and it simply says in swirling letters, nod. Okay. 
So I, I put the hat on and then I nod. Okay. The moment that you nod, you begin to levitate up off the floor. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I'm the only bird here. Get down. You're going to hurt yourself. I nod again. Uh, and you, you land back on the floor. I violently shake my head up and down multiple times. <laughs> you just kind of keep starting and stopping wow. to levitate. Uh, the doors open, and the room behind you begins to come apart, melting together like wax. Go, go, go! Um, now that we've finished that room, mm-hmm. I would like to dig in the bag. Okay. And I would like to pull out a gift for Sanduini. Sanduini! It's for Sanduini? What, what does Sanduini want? Hmm. Sanduini! Oh my gosh, say arms. Spiked collar. What would Sanduini like move. for Christmas? Sanduini wants... A big old bone. Horseshoes. You mean like these horseshoes? And I pull out a new set of horseshoes. How did you know what I wanted? <laughs> the, the bag. The bag knew. It wasn't me. You all step into the room as uh, Philip gives Sanduini his new horseshoes. You notice this room is different. It's wider than the others. It's also perfectly circular. The walls are flat in a circle uh, all around you. There are no tables uh, or road red seats. You all see these four stations, uh, each facing inward toward a circular stage in the middle of the room. The four stations uh, each seem to have a similar setup. Uh, Each station has an instrument, a chair or stool, and a lectern holding a piece of paper and a golden quill. In the center of the room, there is, of course, the circular stage. And on that stage, there are two human-sized wooden marionettes. One seems to be a woman wearing a silver dress, and one seems to be a man wearing a golden suit. They are made of wood uh, with no facial features, just a rounded head. Marionettes standing toward one another, facing uh, with their hands pointing, hanging straight down by their sides. You hear loud clicking sounds walking up behind you. Rocking back and forth. With his new uh, horseshoes. <laughs> He's got horseshoes. <laughs> He's got the horseshoes on. Yes. <laughs> Is there any instruments Amazing. that are uh, wind instruments? Well, of course there are, because as you approach it, whatever instrument you were thinking, man, I hope this instrument's there, that's what happens to be sitting there. Oh, okay. Cool. You may also, Toxus, use your own instrument. <laughs> Toxus is going to use his pan flute. So you approach one, and there is no instrument. There is just a perfect sitting stool for the playing of one's pan flute. This looks like it is made for the goat. What do the other three of you do? Blinko's going to walk up slowly. Okay. Hmm. I'm thinking I will be the lute. A lute. A stringed instrument. Sanguini, you going to hop on the drums? Absolutely. There's a set of timpani drums waiting for you over there, Sanguini. You see Sanguini with two feet on one of the drums, like literally standing on top of him, and two feet on the other drum. Perfect. Perfect. You were made to play that. And Phil. What do I get? It's a harpsichord. Nice. Okay. Oh, wait. Mine's not a blowing instrument. What do you do? Bling. Do I know how to play the harpsichord? 
Right, you're the candle king. You have to know how to play every instrument. You didn't read the handbook? Then I attempt to play the harpsichord. You play music a little bit, and when you do, you see the wooden marionettes uh, move a little. They bow their heads toward one another, and then they stand back up straight, and then each of them crosses one hand over their chest and one hand behind their back as if they're preparing to dance. Oh, they they dancing. I mean, I guess I would just continue playing. Yeah, Flinko would just sit down and... You all play, but nothing else happens with the marionettes. But you do notice that in front of each of you on the lectern, there are blank pieces of parchment, and the golden quill is levitating over it as if to write something. Uh, perhaps we ought to write a song? A candle bells song? A candle bells... Ah. Hmm... As Toxus says that, you see uh, in the middle the two uh, wooden marionettes bow to one another again and then take the stance again. Uh, I'm pretty good at writing music. I used to do it when I was younger. So whenever we play, they dance a specific dance, right? They haven't danced at all. All they've done when you started to play is they, they moved as if they were preparing to dance. And then when you started, then they didn't do anything else. And then when you said that about writing a song, they did the same thing. There once was two marionettes. They went to start dancing together. Said new kind of kick to entertain. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) To entertain? (laughs) Yes. But we don't know what they like to hear. <laughs> so are y'all just, you're just pulling some tune out of your butt, or are you putting it to the tune of something? Oh, it's just a tune out of my butt. Um, we were totally pulling it, stuff out of our butt. Okay. And then you said something about the Candle King to entertain. They turn their heads side to side and look back at each other when you mention the Candle King. And they wanted a cheeseburger plane. <laughs> that runs with the internet. <laughs> they shook their heads side to side as in were they saying no? Well, not so much saying no as, as looking, kind of like looking around at you guys a little bit. So here, so here's what's going to have to happen. You guys have to write yeah. a song. Okay. You all have to participate. It has to be festive. This is a Candilian inauguration. So keep that in mind. Let's start over. Ding, dong, dong. You can start over. You can keep the same words if you want to. But my recommendation would be to pick a candle, a, a Christmassy tune, and you all have to participate in writing. You all have paper. You all have pen. You all have an instrument. I don't want a lot for cannibals. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the cakes or the children. When I died, I felt alone. But now I'll make this place my home. Make our wish come true.
the uh, the marionettes dance around the room. So Bells jingle all around. The room begins oh, to spin hair. slowly. The lights pan across the room as your song plays again and again. And finally, they bow and stop, and the door appears on the other side of the room. Thank you, thank you. We'll be here till we have to leave. That was my finest performance. I give a standing ovation. <sighs> hmm. Really, though? <laughs> the horn of the train blows again. The ceiling stretches up like a candle and lights just as the previous doors, the previous cars have. And there is a gift sitting by the door. Oh, boy. I pick up the gift. This one's heavier. Oh, I, I open said gift. There is uh, something in it. It's cloth again. Seems to be cloth again. Pulled out. I do. It is the Candle King's robe. Oh, yes. Ooh. It's hefty. Is it hefty enough that I'm, like, struggling to hold it, or can I throw it on? No, no, okay. no, no, no. Yeah. No, you can throw it on, but it's, like, it's heavier than you would imagine. Um, and as you put it on, it just replaces the, the white robe you were wearing, the, like, plain robe disappears. And tell me, Philippa Fix, how does your Candle King garb look? Ooh. Oh, I get Oh, nice. No pressure. Gold and silver's, you know, the color scheme. I mean, you can add something else in there if you want to, any color you want. But, you know, that's just kind of what you work with. Um, I would say the robe is mostly, like, white okay. with gold and silver kind of running through. But it's not like a gold and silver fabric. It looks more like there's actual gold and silver metal woven into... Probably why it's so heavy. And then on, like, the cuffs and the collar, Mm -hmm. it looks like it is red furred underneath. So there's, like, red coming out of those ends. That's beautiful. Uh, Matching hat. Everything is there. The belt. uh, You tie it around your waist. And as you all turn and look, Philip of Hicks, he seems a little taller than he did before, a little wider, a little stronger, a little more corporeal. Looking good. That is a very good looking Kaza King. Sandrini likes your outfit. You need some horseshoes. <laughs> I just equipped it for you, and it gives you cold resistance, uh, and it increases your armor class to 16. Oh, nice. Amazing. Can you fit hamburgers in that hat? Oh my god. I could probably fit multiple hamburgers. Uh, by the way, Sanguini, with those horseshoes on, your speed is increased by five feet per second. Yeah, boy. Ah, that's cool. And last but certainly not least, Flinkle, what, what would you like for this Candle Bells? Oh, boy. For this Candle Bells? I don't, I don't remember the last <laughs> time I got a present. It's been years, ages, million years, probably. Probably six months. Probably six months. Um... <laughs> I, I just want to remember this moment with you and and you, Sandwini, and and Toxis. He thinks the needs the help. And Phil, the Candle King, and myself, because you never know, I might forget tomorrow. But I would, I would just like to remember. You pull out a gift. I, I hand her her gift. It is a phial of cold spring water. Okay. I think I know where you're going with this, and okay. That's exactly what I wanted. She looks over at Toxics. It's not. (laughs) 
<laughs> I got it. You want me to drink it? It may not be the very good uh. Kandar King. She licks it. She just drinks it. You drink it, and you feel a sort of tingling all over your whole body. Wow. Uh, and you all see as the gray in her feathers turns to the full color of her lovely plumes. That's what I wanted. Oh. I love that. It's like a renewed vigor flows into her body. She she levitates off the ground. There's like sparkling lights around wow. her as yeah. a solid 10 years is restored to her life. Wow, I, I feel great. With a good sip from the fountain of youth. Hmm. You said you want to remember, so I gave you a couple more years to remember us. Well, I, I appreciate it, Mr. Candle King. Uh, the door is open and the room is is waxifying behind you. Let's go, let's go. Oh, I'm no. moving to the next one. Let's go. You all step in through the next door, but unlike the previous ones, this one greets you with a burst of cold air to the face. The train blows a horn again loudly around you as you realize you have stepped out on top of the next car. You are atop a train car, and the train uh, is cresting an enormous hill. And as you all step out, the door closes behind you, and suddenly you see that you are on top of Waxy, the Candlebells Chugga-Chug. Oh, no. What a breeze. The only thing you can see right now as the snow is whipping into your face uh, is the glow. There's, there's, There's light shining around you from the candles that are all lit from the cars that you've been through. In spite of the fact that it's only a couple, two, I think three in total, it looks like there's rows of candles burning. Uh, back and behind you, which is actually the front of the train. And as you turn to look that way, you see that the train is cresting the top of a hill and turning downwards. Retro. As the train shifts, something knocks into your feet. What is it? A gift. I pick up the gift. There's a note that says, sometimes an early gift is a welcome present. Okay. I open it. Oh, you don't have to open it. Oh, well, nice. you do. You do have to. Open, you have to unwrap it uh, because unlike the others, this one isn't as a, isn't a box. It's just wrapped in gold and silver wrapping paper and is quite clearly in the shape of an enormous mall. Oh, oh boy! Ooh, amazing. I unwrap this. You unwrap it in a hurry, and in your hands comes the cool but comfortable feeling of the Mall of Cheer, the very same hammer of the Candle King. Hey, boy. Oh, boy. I love it. The moment that happens, I need all of you to roll me an issue. Woo! Then we get punched. I got a 12. I got a 22 total. That's a 9. What's that hammer look like, by the way, Phil? I was going to try to turn it into, you remember Phil's axe? I do. Where it breaks down the middle and splits into two hammers? I was going to try to turn the, the handle into, of course, a candy cane. And at the end... Just two circular peppermints. Oh, that's cool. I love that. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, for sure. sure can sure, we go sure. with that? And I can use it, like, break it in half, turn it into two hand axes? You can't. It'll still be a mall when it's one. When it's two, it'll be two. But instead of hand axes, it's hammers, which are... Hammers, uh, that's light right. Light hammers, yeah. I think that's what they're called. Yeah, so, cool. Thank you. That is amazing. I got an eight. Eight total. Okay. You roll initiative because the moment that Flinkle settles down with her life flowing back into her, the train crests the hill and begins rocketing down a mountainside. Uh, and I need dexterity saving throws from all of you. I fail. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I only need a ten or higher for this. 
Uh, I got a six. Fourteen. I cannot give you that. It's a seven. Oh, dang. Okay. I got a thirteen. Sanguini and Toxus are both good. Philip, you and Flinkle both fall. You, you, you fall and slip. You don't, like, fall off of the train top or anything, but you, like, you fall onto your backs. Uh, and you kind of have to grab. You are prone for a moment. As the train is rocketing down a giant hill toward... Uh, what two of you, Sanguini and Toxus, can see is an enormous, frozen, icy lake. We're all gonna die. What are we gonna do about that? I nod <laughs> as I begin to levitate. I, I want to help Flinkle up and get her footing. All right. I'll say she's close enough to her to you since you just gave her a gift that you can get a hand on her as you begin to levitate. Thank you. But you don't want to levitate too far because there's a train underneath you. Right. Let's book it to the caboose. Yeah. Uh, what Flinkle said to the caboose. Uh, you all are going to start moving toward the caboose? Yes. Yes. Yep. You start moving from train car to train car, and as you do, the train hits the icy lake, and it's swerving. Uh, it is sort of sliding all over the place, um, and as it is doing so, you all hear the howl of wolves. And you look to either side, and running alongside the train are these giant wolves with dark gray hair and big horns like goats. Look, it is my friends. Toxus, you would know that these uh, are some of the beasts that obey the will of Prankus. The Prankus is coming. There are his goats. Are they woats? Are they ghouls? Well, that's not good. Um, I'm traveling... Are we? This is like a skills challenge? You're in initiative order. Uh, it's about to be more than that. So, but Toxus, it's your turn. There are wolves running up alongside you. I'm going to cast Big B's hand. Okay. What's that do? Um, so I create a large hand, a force in an uncompacted space I can see, okay. and I can use it for melee okay. attacks. I can use it to push creatures away. I can use it to hold creatures. I can use okay. it as a shield. Okay, so what do you want to do with it right now? Is it an action to cast it? It is one action. It's a bonus action on your subsequent turns. You can move the hand up 60 feet and cause one of the following effects. So you can use, well, it says subsequent turns, which means you can't do it on this turn. So you just get it ready in this turn with an action. Yep. I make a hand appear in the direction we're going. Okay, you do still have a bonus action if you want to, like, bardically inspire someone. I definitely want to bardically inspire. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to bardically inspire Sanjuini. Sandweenie. Sandweenie. You hear me blow a couple notes on my pipe. Come along, little, little dog. We will get you to the caboose. Yay! Uh, you all hear some strange noise up ahead of the train and a sort of rumbling. Sandweenie, it's your turn. It's my turn? Mm-hmm. I want to cast Conjure Animals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Do it. What are you conjuring? One beast of a challenge rating two or lower. Okay. And I want to summon an Allosaurus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. But it's a stone Allosaurus with little tiny bat wings and a long tongue hanging out of its face. Oh my soul. And it also hobbles along on its legs too. It doesn't move either. Wow. Is it up on top of the train with you guys? And actually, it appears directly under me. So now you're riding it. You're riding the Solosaurus. So I'm riding its back. And it's, like, supposed to roll initiative. Okay. 
kill those wolfy sheeps, my friend Sanjasaurus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is that an action to cast that? Okay, you uh, cast yeah, it. Yeah, that's one action. Okay, so I'm, he's going to go right in after you. Okay. Uh, what does he do? So Allosaurus is can bite or claw. Also, if they move at least 30 feet straight toward a creature and then hit it with a claw attack on the same turn, they could possibly be knocked from. And if that happens, then they can make one bite attack also with the bonus action. Okay, so he's going to go after the wolves. Okay, he takes off down there after the wolves. Uh, by the way, he is also wearing a copy of your horseshoes, so that gives him some extra speed. Nice. As he's clip-clopping his way along, uh, he is going to attack one of the wolves in front of you guys. Uh, let's see. Roll me a attack roll for his bite, which is a plus six. That is a dirty 20. There we go. 15 plus four is 19. Okay. It is 2d10 plus 4 damage. Nice. Okay, he obliterates one of those uh, woats or gulfs. He takes one out completely. There are two more next to him. That's probably all he can do, right? Yeah. All right, Philip of Hicks, it is your turn. So there are just the two wolves behind us. No, there's a half a dozen wolves running around. They're running right next to the car you're in as you guys are, I'm assuming, trying to move back toward the caboose. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to raise that maul above my head. Maul of cheer. I'm going to start swirling it in a circle. Mm-hmm. You will not ruin candle bells today. Okay. And I'm going to cast Ice Storm at fifth level. Hey, boy. Oh, baby. Casting it in. Here we go. Cashing that bad boy in, huh? I am. They all need to make a saving. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me. Saving let me. throw. Yeah. What's it got to be? A dex. It is a 20-foot radius, so I don't know how many I'm about to hit with that. But. Uh, 20 feet radius, so, I mean, that's 40-foot diameter. They're running right alongside, so I'll say you can probably get four of them. Cool. That is a failure. They got a 13 total, so roll me that demolish. Hey. Uh, 18. Okay, you take out all four of them. Wow. Oh, dang, I didn't even get to do the cold damage. Yeah. <laughs> There's still two more running alongside you. But, yeah, you take those out completely. Cool. And an impressive show of power. Get it. All right. Is that the end of your turn? Do you spend your move going toward the caboose? Yeah. I'm going to continue moving forward. Flinkle. Hello. What are you doing? So, seeing uh, Sandwini conjure an animal, she's like, oh, wait, I can, I can do that. And she's going to also conjure animals. <laughs> okay. And she's going to conjure two giant eagles. Nice. nice. And they're a uh, challenge rating one or lower. They'll go right after you in initiative order. Okay, you summon two giant eagles. Ah, fly, my brethren! <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking up the eagles hmm. now. For their stats, uh, it's going to be their turn. You want them to go after the wolves? Yes. Okay, the first one swoops down toward the wolf on the right. Uh, it's going to make two attacks, one with its beak and one with its talons. So roll me a d20 plus five. That's a 13 plus five, so 18. That is a hit. Yeah, boy. On the quotes. Damage is... Uh, 1d6 plus 3. 4 plus 3, 
seven. Bites it with its beak and then slashes at it with its claws. Maybe another roll plus five. D20 plus five. That is a 10 plus five, so 15. That's a hit. 2d6 plus three. Two, so seven plus three. You kill the wolf. The eagle kills the wolf. The wolf poofs into a shadowy puff and is gone. Nice. The other one sweeps down through to the other one, so go ahead and give me quickly two d20 rolls back to back. Call them out in order. A 10 and a 18. Okay, two more hits, so roll me three d6s. Six, a one, and another one. Okay, so eight plus six is 14. Uh, Poofs him, another one out of existence, gone, dead. Well done. Very impressive. Nice. The birds call out to each other, you all moving down toward the caboose. You feel a tremor shake through the train. And you hear the sound of ice cracking. And up ahead, you did not believe it existed. You'd heard stories that you never thought that you would see. Lunging up out of the center of the giant frozen water comes the candy cane kraken. What? <laughs> oh no. Striped with red and white stripes, the enormous kraken's tentacles fly up and begin swiping toward the train, slamming into the side of poor Waxy, the candle bells chugga chugga. I need all four of you who are on there to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, and I'll let you make one too, Sanguini, but I'll give you advantage since you're riding the Allosaurus. Natural 20. Oh boy. So you're good, Toxus. You keep your footing. It's a 13. Okay. With me levitating? Uh-huh. Did you still need one? Yeah, give me because they're flying all over I the place. You. I so, got you. I got you. But I will let you give me one with advantage. Thank you. That's a nat 20. Hey. Oh, my gosh. Two yeah, natural girl. 20s. Yeah, girl. All right. Can't knock us down. I got a 10. Total. I got a non-total. Oh, no. Sanguini, you get knocked now. flying off of the uh, mm. Allosaurus. Oof. Slapped by one of the tentacles. And you take seven bludgeoning damage. Hey. Flinkle, you don't get hit by a tentacle. You just completely lose your footing and slide off the side of the train. You can fly. Oh, yeah. I forget I have wings. And <laughs> hey, what was that that Jeremy gave me earlier? Oh, it's Bardic Inspiration. You roll a D10 to add to a roll. Can I do that right now? <laughs> do it. You can. I want to do that. Roll a D10. He wants to do Five, that. so that will be 15. 15... It's just enough to keep you from getting slapped off that Allosaurus, baby. DC 15. Yeah, yeah girl. Boy. Okay. So I can add seven back to me then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No no, no damage. You you just miss it Sweet. with the help of the Allosaurus. Okay, you said Perfect. Flinkle can fly. Yeah, Flinkle has a flying speed. Okay, well. Thanks, Toxis. Flinkle forgets. So, uh. You're a bird person. And now yeah, that yeah, you've yeah. gotten 10 years of your life back, you remember, I can fly. I forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you you catch the wind. Uh, you, you're going to have to, like, you, you get sent 30 feet away from the train. So you're going to have to spend a whole move getting back to it. But you're okay right That's now. That's fine. And the candy cane kraken. And my eagles are back, are still there, right? Yeah, they're just taking okay, cool. up a V formation behind you. And uh, Toxus, it is your turn. And the train is flying right toward you know what to <laughs> the great candy cane kraken. I know exactly what to do. <laughs> yeah. What will you do? I conjure the animals. Oh! <laughs> Please. 
Please do. Oh my god. I don't know that spell. I assume it. Oh my god. The perfect animal. It's the uh oh Zig. hunter shark. Oh, <laughs> that's perfect for this. I was really waiting for Zigoat. Yeah, let's do it. I really thought you were gonna say. If there goats. was a challenge rating to goat, <laughs> <laughs> I, would I think goat. there is like a giant goat or something. Hunter shark. That's perfect for this. It's the natural enemy of the kraken. Beautiful. Okay, you summon a hunter shark. You know, being <laughs> a tenant of the Duke of the Beasts, your beasts are actually beefed. So even though he is only a level two challenge rating, uh, he's actually... It's a shark with goat hair. It has goat hair all over it. Uh, it is big. <laughs> it's bigger than average size. Um, it is swimming through the ice. It is literally churning mm. through the ice towards Awesome. Them. Give that candy canes what it deserves. Now you hear Flake way off. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you still have a bonus action if you want to spend it. Give out another inspiration or something. Um, yeah, I'll do the same thing. And I want to go for Sanjuini again, just because I feel like his dex is the lowest. Go, Sanjuini. Yeah, boy. His dex is definitely the lowest. All right, Sanjuini, you feel the inspiration. Vixie, you hold on. Thank you. Vixie. Now it's time for the shark. Okay. He's going to have a multi-attack, even though he wouldn't typically because of he's, he's juiced. He is cutting through, just cutting through the ice toward the tasty peppermint-flavored candy cane kraken. Uh, he actually leaps up out of the air and like comes biting down toward uh, one of the tentacles that's up toward the main body of the kraken, uh, which is sticking up out of the water. Uh, and he has uh, a blood frenzy going on, but it's instead of it being a blood frenzy, oh. it's, it's it's actually a peppermint frenzy. It's a candy frenzy. Mm. Yeah, he's got a candy frenzy. Nice. And he's going to make some. He's going to make a couple of attacks. So roll me two d twenties plus eight to hit. One of them is a twenty dirty, and one of them is a twenty six. Okay, the first one is a hit. That was for advantage. Go ahead and roll me two more. Oh crap! Oh, poops it. So a six plus eight is a fourteen. Yep. Okay, so the fourteen won't hit. But the first one will. So go ahead and roll me uh, 2d8s plus 4. 12. So 8 plus 4 is 12 damage. You hear a cracking crunch as uh, the candy cane skin is is uh, shattered along one of the tentacles as the hunter shark dives out, slamming into the candy cane kraken. Boom, boom, boom. And that's going to be the end of the hunter shark's turn. And now it is the kraken's turn. Kraken. Is going to bring its tentacles up again and slam them down onto the ground around the train a second time. I need all of you to make me dexterity saving throws. I'm not on the train. Uh, he's going to swing up towards you too. He's all over. I'm this. sure. Oh <laughs> crap! I'm just kidding. He won't. He won't swing up toward you. Oh. He's just going to do the ones on the ground of the train. So I got a whopping seven, bro. I also got seven, and I added the thing, and only got two, so that's a nine total. He added the thing. Sanjuini's. I helped. I tried. Sorry. Oh, dang. Phil, you held on. Toxus. No, wait, 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 wait. Sanjuini, did you roll with advantage? You have advantage while you're on top of the Allosaurus. Oh. Should have rolled the shark. It's the same. Wow. Oh, dang, dude. What is wrong with you right now? <laughs> That's tough. You have rolled doubles. Can't my eagles, like, get over there? All the sevens. Catch them. No, it's not their turn. Um, Why not? Sanjuini gets hit, uh, and you're going to get smacked up onto the train. So you're going to hit the train, uh, and you can, like, grab onto it if you want to, but you're going to take eight bludgeoning damage. 
Uh, and for Toxus, you slip and you are falling. Oh! And you hit the ground. And you take eight bludgeoning damage also. <laughs> Same thing. Ouch. You are on the ground beside the train. The train is blazing past you. It won't be gone by the time you have a chance to react, but it is blazing past you. I have a reaction. Now you, uh, Sanjuani, were actually you actually land further down, closer to the caboose where you land, uh, having slapped up on probably three cars down, uh, maybe two from where Philip is. Uh, and it's your turn, Sanjuani. What do you do? So this Kraken is just like in our way? It's just in the middle of the lake where you guys are going. Yeah, you guys are going toward it. And the, the train, it, you assume the train's going to try to go around it, but it is in the way. It is. It is the closer you get to it, the even more dangerous it's going to become. Okay. Uh, Mr. Kraken, please get out of our way. And I want to cast, I don't know how to say it, Geus? Gaius? Gaius? Okay. So technically, Gaius takes one minute to cast. Oh. But seeing as you are Sanjuini, a tenant of Sanjet, the Duke of Dreams, time never works quite the same way in dreams, does it? Mm, it does not. So I will say that you you slip into the subconscious dream yeah, boy. of the Kraken. Do it! And cast Gaius. He has to make a saving throw. Run away. Wisdom. Wisdom. I place a magical command on a creature I could see within range, forcing it to carry out some service or refrain from some sort of action. Get it. As I decide. Okay. What, so what are you wanting it to do? Get out of the way. Let us through. So let you get out of the way and let you through. Yeah. Move. Get out the way. Okay. Let me see what his wisdom is. Ooh. Dang, boy. What's the wisdom saving throw he's got to get? 17. So, you're not going to believe this, but he has a plus 11 to wisdom. Holy snap. Unfortunately, 2 plus 11 is only 13. Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah. Get it. Get it. <laughs> and I wrote it on Discord. You can go nice. and see it in the in the hidden channel if you want to. So, yeah, man. Uh, he fails, and he snaps two from his dreams and you all hear as a like a, a rolling rumble almost like a purr comes out from it uh, as the kraken begins to pull his candy cane limbs back toward himself and shift to the side and sink back down into the lake Woo! everyone leaves the candy kraken alone he is going to have some sweet dreams good job Toxus, you you want to grab that? You want to grab that uh, that train? Get back up on that train? Yeah, I want to use my giant hand to get me back up on that freaking train. Okay, yeah. The giant hand swoops down to give you a hand. Uh, it reaches down and gives you a uh, help up, uh, and you climb yourself way uh, your way back up onto Waxy. The candle goes chugga chugga. I chugga chugga run the same direction as my compatriots. All right, uh, Flinkle, you can fly back down and land over there next to him. Yay! I flew over to him. And as the ice sort of settles, the train uh, swerves around and brings you all safely to the other side, and as it does, a door opens in front of you, Philip Hicks. I run. I run super fast. The horn blows, and all the rooftops behind you twist up like candles and light. You step through the door. What about the rest of you? Do you all follow suit? Oh, yeah. Yes. You say Flinkle running. 
You all pass through the door, and when you do, you step out into another car. Ah. Oh, no. There are three walls to this car, one behind you, one on either side. Uh, and there are two rails that lead down the middle toward the back, where there is a rail, and you see that you are at the end of the train in the caboose. Mm. Woo! Oh, we did it. Leaning against the rail is Conductor Waxilius Maximilius. He takes off his wax hat. He gives a little bow towards you all. Very well done. I must admit, you did a very good job of taking care of the candy cane crack. And I have to say, I thought that was probably the one that would do you all in. But, hey, you could not be stopped. Who knew the power of teamwork was what it was really all about? And horseshoes. I do not like this game. And conjuring animals. It was about conjuring animals. (laughs) Writing bad songs. And eating the hot pockets. (laughs) The power of friendship. And Philip of Hicks, it seems you've gathered all of your gifts. The Candle King's garb, his hat, his robe, his bag of gifts. And, of course, the lovely Mall of Cheer. But I think if we know truthfully the real gift was the friends we made along the way. Of course. Wow. <laughs> what happens if I skin him? I pull the three others in closely. Oh. Oh. We all just hug. You pull San Juani in, and you don't see any his his legs go around you, but you feel arms around you. Amazing. Oh god, it's weird. <laughs> so creepy. Kind of concerning, but amazing. Disconcerting, but whatevs. Uh, you hear the chuck a 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 chuck. As Waxy, Candlebell's Chugga Chugga comes to a stop. The door opens beside you and the steps roll out. And uh, the conductor, Waxilius Maximilius, is standing there at the door. And he holds out a hand towards you all. Tickets, please. You must uh, let me see them once more. To leave the train, of course. Blanco gets hers out. Hand it to him. Here you go. Flustered gets his. I give my ticket to the conductor. He takes them all, his hand, he holds up a finger, and it turns into red wax, and he scribbles on each one, and he gives it to you. What does mine say? What does mine say? And a very merry candle bell, so each of you uh, get off my train. Before I eat you. That's nice. Just kidding. (laughs) You need to get out more, and I start to get off the train. I get off the train, and I read my what he wrote on my uh, ticket. I'll see you in your dreams, Maximilius Candwilius. I look forward to it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> I get off the train. Run. <laughs> the train blows its horn and pulls back out onto the snow, and you all turn to see that you are standing the cool, candlelit streets of Kurtzow Village. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Here we are. You each have your tickets in hand, and as you look down, there is a personal little a little note for each of you. Toxus, you look down, and yours says, keep on playing. That's nice, because your flute. He uh, pulls out his pan flute and uh, smiles. Flinkle, yours just has a, uh, a seven-digit phone number written on it. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Flinkle got lucky! And, and a winking emoji. Mm. I think he likes me. Uh, Sanjuini. Sanjuini. Yours is made of stone. Yes. And it just kind of blinks a couple times at you. Perfect. <laughs> blinks at you. Uh, and uh, Phil, yours says, 
Follow the bells. Wow, that's weird. And you hear a soft ringing off into the city. I, I guess I would just start following the sound of the bells. Do you all go with Phil? I think so. Until Candle King tells us not to. Okay. I go. Toxus is going to go with him. Yeah. Yeah. You all walk down the streets of Kurtz, a village. Uh, it is a cold and quiet night. There's a soft breeze blowing, but it's not too uncomfortable. The candles are lit in all the windows as you pass by. You see the doors propped open ever so slightly with the candle burning right there. You might see for some where the doors maybe cracked a little more. You might peer inside and see the little cakes waiting. But the bell continues to ring up ahead of you. And Phil, you all walk forward, forward. And and then you go into a, a little side street where there are some small homes. And you distinctly hear the sound of a bell ringing from inside one of the smaller homes. Probably the smallest home that you've seen. In fact, it's little more than a hut. There is a candle burning at the, the foot of the doorstep. And the door is cracked. But you can tell the window is shoddily made. There is snow gathered in, in heaps all around the house. And it looks like it's fallen to somewhat of disrepair. You said the door is open, right? It is. Yeah, it is. I guess I would try to look inside. You step forward and you take the handle and slowly push the door open. Inside you see it's a one-room house. There is a large, not large, but a there's a sort of pallet over on the other side, large enough for an adult. There seems to be someone sleeping in it, just one someone. You see uh, the blonde hair of a woman draped over the side. She is sleeping soundly. Beside her, there's a smaller pallet of furs on the floor, and you see a little boy curled up, uh, his brown hair kind of sticking out in every direction, sleeping softly. Next to the candle, there's a little bitty plate, small, simple, seemed like earthenware plate, Um, and there seems to be a little cookie, looks like it was sort of hastily made and decorated uh, in the shape of a bell. I guess I am kind of the candle king now. Um, no, the moment you, dang. as you see this, and the moment you step into that door, <laughs> you you realize something, Phil. Okay. You are not kind of the Candle King. As you step into this house and you see this young child, and you see that little cookie made by him just for you, probably because they couldn't afford all it would take to make a full cake, you know that you are the Candle King. And the Candle King is you. Oh my gosh. So Phil... Um, choking back tears uh, would stoop down he would eat the cookie and he would pull the first official present Mm -hmm. out of the bag Mm -hmm. and place it under the tree and what is it? oh I don't know what is that gift? the the poor kid in the little shack I would definitely give him a pan flute and with it also comes sheet music with the new carol we just created. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Mm. He's going to be famous. Yes. All I want for candle bells is horseshoes. Perfect. Beautiful. I don't think he could have done better. You step back outside? I do. You step outside and your friends are waiting there for you. Good job, Candle King. I really enjoyed your gift choice. This is what children dream of. Mm. They dream of new carols and flutes. He will take the carol and he'll be the greatest vod that Manumi has ever seen. Oh, okay. 
No, Candle King, that was amazing. Now, outside of Kurtzville Village, you realize, of course, you have a number of gifts to deliver this night uh, and plenty of time to get it done. But as you are, you know, breathing in the cold wintry air, preparing yourself for the first night as the Candle King, you hear another sound, Bill. It is the ringing of a bell, and it is far away. Oh, no. But it's a bell that you remember, and you realize you're being called home. <gasps> you take your hammer, the maul, in your hand, and just, just with a sort of innate knowledge, never being told just now, being the Candle King, you know exactly what to do. You thud it onto the ground a couple of times, and when you do, you hear the sound of sleigh bells ringing. And swooping down from the sky towards you comes the drawn sleigh by the cloud, snow elk, of course. Uh, and here comes your new sled of the Candle King. And sitting in the passenger seat on his back legs is Natalie waiting for you. Looks like we have one more visit to make tonight, Phil, don't we? Well, before we begin in earnest, of course, you have a lot of work to do. I believe we do. And I take off running towards my sleigh. Sanguini, Toxis, uh, Flinkle, the three of you, of course, are free to go uh, back to your respective homes and report to the Dukes. Thank you so much for your help. Uh, I mean, un unless you would like to come along just for the ride. I'm in if you're in. I think we need to go with the bird lady. Okay, I'm going by myself. Woo! <laughs> I love driving these things. You're not driving, Flinkle. Candle King. Oh, wait, you're Candle King now. I used to drive them all the time. Sanguini? Sanguini's already on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> I always dreamed of this. Oh, he's dreamed of it. All right, keep your hands and legs inside at all times, and um, no pooping or peeing in the, uh, in the sled. I can't promise you anything. I look at Sanguini. Sandrini does not poop. <laughs> <laughs> but he eats. Oh. Yeah. Then a little later, you hear a few pebbles hit in the floor of the. <laughs> you like back, it's just gravel. Dang, oh. you beat me to it. <laughs> that's so good. So good. Oh, that's disgusting. That was fun. Bill, you are sitting on the old rocking chair. Well, your dad's old rocking chair. Your mom's is, of course, next to you on the porch there in the old Hicks homestead. Your parents are both resting inside, and tonight you can't help but wish that both your sister Jill, whom you haven't seen nor heard from nor found since what happened in Fallen Grove. And, of course, you've missed your brother, too wherever he is on the other side. You're sitting there on the rocking chair, holding in your hands a little memento, something that you've kept for all these years. You don't really remember exactly what happened or if anything really happened. It's like you had this dream where you went on some crazy, whimsical adventure to save Candlebells with a cat. The Yule Cat? 
You and Jill and Phil, you all used to talk about it and try to remember parts, but y'all pretty much agreed you must have just had, like, a similar dream. Except the bell. You still got this bell. No one really knows where it came from. And tonight, here it is on Candlebell's Eve. And you find yourself thinking about your family, holding the bell in your hands. And you have this feeling like tonight, the night before Candlebell's, as a cool wind blows over all of Monumi, a little bit of snow on the steps, maybe you should just ring it. I take the bell and I start to ring it. Jill, far to the east, not too far from where Bill is, but about as far as you can go to the east in Manumi. You are also sitting outside the small home where you've been living now for a little while with your friend still in hiding. But as you're sitting outside, there's a little chair that you have out there thinking about candlebells and all the hefty home-cooked meals you've enjoyed over the years. You also find yourself thinking about Bill, wondering if he's okay thinking about Phil missing him. And you hear a strange sound, like it's coming from the distance, but then as if it gets closer and like it's behind you inside the house. And it's the sound of a bell ringing. I get out of my little chair and I go into the house looking for the bell. You stand and open the door, not even really thinking about it. And you step through. But when you do, you don't step into the house. You step out of your parents' house onto the porch. It's disconcerting because there's a little bit of a difference between the way your feet feel when they go from the cobblestone street outside of your home in Barlin's Pass to the wooden porch at your parents' house. But the sounds, the sights, and the smells together, immediately you know where you are. And looking to your right, you see your brother, Bill Hicks, leaning up in your dad's old rocking chair, and he's ringing a little bell in his hand. Bill? Oh, sweet gods! What the heck are you doing here? But before you have even a chance to answer, Jill, there is a strong, cold wind that blows over the porch. And then the sound of many bells ringing, as well as something else, like hooves running. And then, swooping down over the roof of the Hicks residence, comes a giant golden sleigh, being pulled behind rows of these strange, what look like giant elk, but made of clouds and snow. And the sleigh does a little twirl, and spinning comes around, and it pulls up right in front of your parents' porch. Right as Jill, you and Bill stand looking at each other, shocked, about to embrace, I I don't know what you guys do, when the sleigh comes to a complete stop before you. And you look over, and you see two figures. One, a giant silver golden striped tiger, bearing around his neck a collar with a very similar bell to the one that you just rang, Bill. And you both immediately recognize and remember Natalie, the Yule Cat. Next to Natalie, though, there's someone else. Someone maybe you haven't seen. He is tall. He is wearing a lovely white robe with gold and silver, like actual gold and silver etched into the fabric. 
and beautiful designs. And there's a lovely cap on his head and a golden bag beside him. As he steps off of the lovely sleigh, you see the Candle King. I hope I didn't miss much. They say there's no place like home for the holidays. And the moment he speaks, in spite of the fact that he looks different, his beard is long and white, he's somehow taller than the last time you saw him, there is no mistaking the voice, the face of your brother, Bill Hicks. Jill, about to hug Bill, sees Phil, decides to push Bill to the ground and run as fast (laughs) as she can towards Phil to wrap her arms around him. Strangely enough, though he's always been a little bigger than you, uh, being a dwarf, wink, wink, now he's easily able to take you up in his arms and hold you. Does Phil reciprocate? Yeah, as he's laying on the ground, I'm just going to look over at him as I'm like kind of lifting Jill. Bill, get up, you idiot. Come say hello. I get up and I run over to him. You're supposed to be dead. I was. How are you still alive? It's a, it's a pretty long story. Yes, yes, indeed. It's good to see all of you again here in this place together, says Natalie as he steps out and walks over towards you all in his full tiger form. How are you, Butter Jelly? I see you still got my bell. And by the way, now you can remember everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is still, Does it's a fever dream. <laughs> You all remember your adventures with Natalie, and it's like it's all coming back to you in, in this moment, here, in this strange place. So, you just became the Candle King? Like, you sign up for that, or, like, how'd that work? Um, I mean, yes, I volunteered, but I was, I was offered the position. Yes, you see my old friend Klaus, he is actually planning to come... What? Well, no, it's okay. I'll tell you this. I'm sorry, but when the magic of candle bells fades, you won't remember much of this. You will remember the feeling of it. You'll know that your brother is better, he says as he puts his paw on Phil's shoulder for a second. But my friend Klaus is planning to come to the natural plane for a time, and so someone had to carry on the responsibility of candle bells. And he chose your brother. He found him, of course, in the halls of Duvetter, in the astral plane. But he has given him a second chance at life in a new place. I, I know changes can be a little scary, but this is definitely better than the alternative. Yes, I would say it's better than any of the alternatives. Yes, this is amazing. Oh my goodness, I can't even believe I'm looking at you right now. He is quite majestic. I mean, look at this robe. So is there, like, good health care plans that come along with this job? Uh, yes. I am a spirit, so... Immortality. I guess technically I won't die again. So, I mean, about the best health care you could ask for. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's That's pretty good. So what does this mean? Does this mean you can come see us now? Uh, so, like Natalie was saying, um, after the spirit of Candlebells wears off, 
you won't really remember me and this interaction. Um, you'll have a feeling that I'm okay. Um, but no, I cannot stay here. But I will promise on Candlebell's Eve every year, I will return and visit with you. So why is that a rule? I mean, aren't you, don't you own Candlebells now? I mean, you can change that, right? I cannot alter the planes of existence, Butter. It's true. The whimsical plane is strange, but there are rules. There are laws that even beings such as I and my assistant, Phil, are beholden to. Wow, that's dumb. (laughs) Well, I understand. Let's take this time that we do have. And she just holds on to him as long as she can. Um, after we share a, uh, good long embrace. And, uh, what better way to celebrate the reviving of your brother than with gifts? <laughs> and I grab my sack out of the sleigh, um, and I start pulling out presents. The first thing I pull out is a large loaf of banana bread with a peppermint stick stabbed into it. Very interesting. When Bill takes the banana bread and pulls the peppermint stick out, it reveals a long peppermint-colored blade at the end, and it is a knife. Oh, this is awesome. Do not lick it, Bill. He immediately starts taking the banana bread and just eating it. (laughs) Immediately. Thank you so much. I want banana bread. Then for jelly, I reach down into the the sack and I pull out a snow globe. And inside the snow globe is her, Bill, and me in our normal forms. And when you shake it, I turn into the Candle King. Bill, thank you so much. This is more than I could have ever imagined. Well, as lovely as this is, and I hope you all will cherish this memory when you can retain it, of course. We do have many gifts to deliver this night. Well, I have something for you, Phil. Oh, and he like runs into the house real quick. Okay. And he comes out the door and falls and smacks his head against the porch. Phil, I have no idea what's in the the whimsical plane but if it's dangerous you should take this with you and he hands him his trident oh your trident yes bill gives you his trident um i grab it and immediately it looks like peppermint uh sticks are just covering the trident like a candy cane trident it's it, it's a candy cane trident yeah that's what i was wow that is very cool I twirl it above my head. This will serve me great, Bill. But Natalia's right. Um, We have a lot of gifts to deliver, and I can't mess up my first candle bells as Candle King. I'll see you next year. And then I turn around and I start uh, stepping into the sleigh. Oh, um, tell mom and dad I love them. And I take a seat. Will do, Phil. You take a seat, whipping the reins. 
and the cloud elk begin to take off. And you all see as your brother, the Candle King, lifts off into the air on the eve of candle bells. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Candle Bells! That was much better, Phil. Yeah, uh, not to brag, I think I'm getting pretty good at it. Well, for my assistant, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this special episode of Candle Bells. Thanks to Sanguini, to Flinkle, to Toxus, and of course, our new Candle King. Yeah, boy! Nice. We wish you all a very happy Candle Bells and a very Merry Christmas. We love you. Merry Christmas and happy Candle Bells. Merry Candle Bells. And to all, a good night. All I want for Candle Bells is horseshoes. (laughs) (laughs) No babies. Bye. No babies. I don't want a lot for Candle Bells. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to mess up. They start moving. There's just one thing I need. And uh, backup singers. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. I don't care about the cakes or the children. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so bad. (laughs) When I died, I felt alone. But now I'll make this place my home. May God wish come true. All I want for candle bells is horseshoes.